0: okay welcome to inspired your grown-up girl talk thank you for joining us i'm stacy fleece here with samantha tradelius samantha how are you today
1: god you know what i look like a pirate again um you you do um, have
0: the pirate thing happening
1: i've gone into the i just can't fucking be bothered to put it together mode on this cold friday Uh, i just just, think
0: that most pirates probably don't have the sparkle head sparkle on their headband so you're like a you're like a bonus pirate
1: you know yes i am and i also just wanted to say i'm loving your new microphone your audio is just next level i know
0: i i yeah i'm just gonna apologize for that i moved my i moved my home office and then i ended up in this room that was a little more echoey Mm -hmm. um so the last couple we did it wasn't ideal but um i fixed it with um as as usual throwing money at it yeah. And the problem is fixed. So oh, here wow. we are. Here we are on a on a cold Friday. And um, once again, I know that we we wrapped for the season, but then we meet these amazing women, and we I can't yeah, not wrap. talk to them. I like we have to we have to get them out there because uh, you know as as you all know here we are about featuring women doing amazing things, doing more than just getting up and breathing, as you like to say. Yes. yes, Um, And O'Shea Renee is absolutely one of those women. O'Shea, thank you so much for joining us today. First of all, you look um, way too hot for a Friday morning. And um, you're killing it today, which is probably more than most people can say on a holiday. It is Veterans Day. So happy Veterans Day to everybody. And um, I love that you're killing it this week. How are you?
2: I'm doing amazing. You just reminded me I have to tell my dad Happy Veterans Day. Um, but yeah, such a great day, great morning. It's a rarity that I actually woke up th- early this morning and was productive. So I have you guys to thank for that.
0: It um, it it works for you because you look amazing and um, you're you're doing you're doing amazing work. And Happy Veterans Day to your dad. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so you are, you know, we, we use this a lot, but honestly, it's, I feel like these people are people like you are drawn into our world. You are definitely one of us in that you are out there, um, wanting to set up a community where women support women and you want to help women sort of have that self appreciation and that self love and self balance in their world. Um, but you've done a lot of different work that has sort of led you to where you are today. So let's back up a little bit, um, go back to the beginning. Cause you, uh, you, I think like many of us, uh, had a period where you kind of went through some depression and self-sabotage and, um, you know, maybe didn't love yourself in the way you should. But you pulled yourself out of that. So let's go back there a little bit and talk about sort of what was going on in your life then and what that led you to.
2: Yeah. And thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to talk about this. I have not done it in so long, so I might have to fill in some gaps later. But um, yeah, I was very 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 much depressed at a very young age um when i was maybe 10 years old i remember writing in my journal that i hated myself i hated my looks like and there were no very specific reasons i just like i had this perfectionist thing from a very early on age that never escaped me so kind of fast forwarding to college it obviously kicked into (laughs) over like overdrive is that the right word um and so I moved from Maryland to California and just completely packed up and I thought that by leaving my environment I would like reinvent myself and change into a whole different person and be happy all of a sudden and it was a complete shock to me that my ninth grade um ninth grade Freshman year, Jesus Christ. Um, I (laughs) completely just lost everything. Like I was not productive at, at all. Like I was working nonstop. I was losing friends, making friends and then losing friends. And like I even started drinking and like just different things. I just was trying to cope with the fact that I was so unhappy. And I moved back home. I actually lost my scholarship briefly. And I went to a really great school where they said, you know, it was a Lutheran school. So they were like, you know, send her to church, you know, or therapy. And so my mom was like, you know what, let's just try therapy, see if it works. And I went, they threw drugs at me. I had a horrible reaction. I literally had nation's like, it was crazy. And actually, like a week before I started therapy, um, I was sexually assaulted. And it really forced me like into a corner because I just thought, I have no choice here. Like, either I'm going to go back to California and I'm going to do it right or I'm going to give up. And having a history of, you know, being depressed and suicidal, like, it was not an easy decision to choose to stay. But I'm so grateful for that decision because every single day I literally live with gratitude and I wake up and I say thank you every morning because I spent so much of my life not wanting to be here and not appreciating who I was that now I can't even fathom the thought of not wanting to be here and not being happy that I am who I am and that I look the way that I do and all of these things. Um, And so, yeah, I just started doing a lot of work, reading a ton of books. I literally locked myself in my room for months, um, sort of reinventing myself, but I wasn't thinking of it that way. I was just thinking I need to survive. And so I just kind of created like a more survival mode uh, character or persona that kind of worked for a while.
1: You're giving me some major chills. Uh, first of all, thank you for your honesty and sharing where you've been, because it's, you know, a lot of times we don't like to talk about the things that are not pleasant. And a lot of who we become has to do with a lot of these experiences that have been good, bad and indifferent. So thank you for sharing that with us. Um, wow. I mean, uh to be, do you mind if I ask you how old you are? You're you're not old. Twenty
2: five.
1: Yeah, you're you're a babe, and <laughs> to have that, you know, epiphany of like, whoa, at that age. I mean, my God, you're incredible.
2: Thank you. My goodness. Yeah, I've, I've been. I was just telling my grandmother yesterday, like, lucky enough to have experienced pretty traumatic things early on, uh, mostly by my own doing. But you know, I was a rebel mostly growing up. So I kind of put myself in situations where it was not the best. And through that, like, I always had a mindset of just, you know, you have to kind of overcome it because life is going to get harder. So that's
0: that's a real um, woke approach to be thankful for the negativity and the trauma that happened in your world. And I think that is a really hard thing to embrace for a lot of people. Um, You know, interesting that, the the you know that you you tried to remove yourself from an environment by moving three thousand miles away and and in, in doing so discovered that what you really needed to fix was internal not external so yeah. that's going to go with you whether you're in California or Maryland or Mars it doesn't matter um, but you identified that pretty quickly which is amazing and maybe the school taking the scholarship away helped you identify that a little bit but. But to um, to have the to, to have the awareness that what happened to you and what you went through has led you to this business opportunity that you built. Um, and really, you know, the 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 true story of taking taking the negative and turning it into a positive. And you really walk the walk in helping women sort of elevate themselves and elevate each other um in what they're doing. So thank you for that because we need more O'Shea's yeah. out there for sure. Um but I want to talk a little bit about um self honeymoon that yeah. you are you have you you have launched and continue to launch because you're growing it and expanding it. But tell us a little bit about what it is and and where you see it going.
2: Yeah, so I love uh, the
0: name by the way before you get you. deep. A fantastic name.
2: It is good. Thanks so, so much. It's one of those things where it just was kind of a lifestyle before I had a name to it. And, you know, when I did move back to California, I had like this complete new outlook on life. And I honestly just started appreciating the things that made me me instead of just trying to be a perfectionist and just trying to be productive for other people and serve other people. I started asking myself, what do I really want? And I wanted to paint. I wanted to draw. I wanted to have fun and like do creative things, but also still work. And so I kept thinking, how can I balance this out? And somehow, some way I found myself getting into this like mode of just once a month, revisiting everything that's going on in my life. And I started having um, like weekend getaways where it was really just down the street. And I would just check into a hotel, like no phone, just maybe like a couple of books and just journals. And I would just reflect, okay, what's going on? What do I need to do? Am I on track? And I called it like myself honeymoon things like later on, but really it was just like a way to check in with myself and just say, okay, where are you at? Where do you wanna be? Are you on track? And really just focusing on, like I said, what made me happy, because it was not easy. um, And it still isn't easy being and not to say that I'm grateful for the things that have happened for me, because I would never wish it on my worst enemy, a lot of the things, but you have no choice but to face those things. And to kind of turn your adversity into something that you can not necessarily
1: think that like most people don't even know what the hell a they want, or b what does make them happy. I know, like, you know, when you're a mom and you've got young kids and you're working and you're, you know, trying to create a business to do all this stuff like you forget about you real quick because you've got all these other spinning plates. And so to really say like, what does make me happy? You know, that's a hard question for a lot of people to answer.
2: Oh my goodness. Yes. And I, it's still hard for me to answer sometimes too, because I have like experience saying, okay, I know these things make me happy, but as I get older, they change a little bit and yeah. it's not always as consistent. And so really you just, turning it into a ritual of making that consistent for myself. And then when I started bringing other people into it, I just, I realized, even though I wasn't exactly where I wanted to be, I started helping out some of the college students because I thought, okay, I'm able to at least balance my academic life and my personal life pretty well. So maybe I can start helping other people do it. And it just wasn't even like a business idea. I just started hosting workshops because I thought, you know, I've read a lot of books, other people can maybe benefit from it. And then I started getting emails And I don't remember the woman's name right now, but I got this one email from a woman like from some other country. And she like found my Instagram and she sent me this long message and she was like in an abusive relationship. And I just thought, I don't even know if I can help her. And I just, I said, you know what? I talked to my mom about it. And she was like, you know, don't, you know put too much on your plate, but go with your gut. You know, you know what you're capable of and what you're not. And I just started emailing her back and forth. And then I realized like, it made me so happy to just bring her some sense of joy and hope. And then honestly, it was just talking and telling people my story on Instagram. And then that grew and then word of mouth. And then people were just, you know, I just got I found how like satisfying it was to help other people. And then what I realized, what kind of grew into self honeymoon was them sharing their stories alone was therapeutic. And I thought about it because we have this journey with self-love and we think, okay, well, it should look this way, especially now with Instagram and social media, we have all of these aesthetics for how it should look. And you just, you, you take away from like the inner work of, you know, like you said, everywhere you go, you're going to take yourself. So it doesn't matter if you go to Mars, it doesn't matter if you go to California or Canada, you're going to be there. You're still going to have all the trauma. You're still going to have things that you need to do to heal, And I think that by people sharing their stories and owning that, it can send a message to yourself that, you know what, this is a, chapter but this is not the full story this is not the entire book and it may not even be a chapter we may be giving it more you know power than it actually has and just revisiting that so when I started interviewing people I realized god like I'm inspired by them like and then it started making me think okay we're inspired by people all the time like I love people's hair sometimes and honestly I will be like okay maybe I should try that hairstyle or her makeup you know sometimes people like my outfits and they're like I I wish that I could dress like that and I'm like you can We want to, and it's like we are constantly inspired by people. And I just thought we need to just give ourselves permission to just allow ourselves to be inspired, but also inspire other people and acknowledge the fact that we have the ability to do that.
1: You are basically putting the inspired podcast online, (laughs) so it's the same concept. I know. So many amazing women, and the stories that are shared on your site are amazing women, and maybe they don't have a big platform or big marketing budget to share right. their story. Or maybe it's not even like they're doing something amazing, but they've had a a situation that somebody else can relate to and connect right. with. I mean, that's really what it's about. And it's, it's phenomenal. I mean, the, just the few that I read this morning, I was like, this is some good shit, right?
2: Yeah. And I have so many more that I'm editing too. Like, and sometimes it's so hard because like it, I'm so emotional now and it's crazy. Cause I used to be so like, um, uh, I don't know. I had like an affect sort of like thing going on, but reading these people's stories, like it just moves me because I'm like, they, they don't even understand how many people this is going to help. And that makes me so freaking happy. Yeah.
0: So I want to ask you a question because you, you brought this up a couple of times that you, um, you journaled, even as a young girl, you journaled and you of course have, have written guided journals for people um, to use. So, you know, I, we hear about this a lot. I think a lot of people literally don't know how to journal. So if you were going to uh, give somebody a quick instruction on how to, how to do that, I think this is like an important piece that uh, a lot of us are missing. I mean, myself included, I don't, and I probably should, I don't, honestly, I don't know how asking for a friend, uh, don't, don't know how, like, how would, what do you do? What do people do?
2: Yeah, you know, honestly, I love that you asked that question, because I think a lot of people get so caught up in the how do I get started. And I talk about this all the time with like, you know, we know what we should do, but it's hard to just take that first step, because there's so much information. Like there are probably 50,000 ways to get started with journaling. You know, it's just like meditation, there are 1000s of different techniques and different videos and approaches, you can do just audio And I think the best thing and what I like about this is just trial and error. Like you could start with research, you know, which most people like to do, and just find tactics that you like. Or what I did, honestly it just came naturally to me because I had so many feelings and I'm not good at expressing them to other people. So I like to keep them to myself. So I literally just write down every single thought that comes to mind. And now I'm a little bit more structured, but I don't do like the bullet journaling with like all the different lines and all that. Like I'm too lazy for like that. And I don't journal every day. I, it's more just like therapeutic where it's like when I don't feel safe enough to share with other people, that's just my safe space really.
0: Is it just random thought? Like you just, is it just stream of consciousness
2: most on paper? Definitely. And honestly, it's not even always on paper. I do more video like and voice notes all the time. And sometimes I revisit them, but most times I don't. It's just to get it out there. And like, sometimes I'll come up with an idea. Sometimes it's beneficial. Most times it's literally just letting it, spring freeing up space in my mind, honestly.
1: I remember like as a 20 year old, somebody told me like successful people all journal. So <laughs> I started journaling and- <laughs> 20-year-old journal versus 42-year-old journal. I actually found it. It was like, Samantha, Hmm. the things that I was (laughs) plagued by. You know, it's actually kind of funny to read like the history of you. Uh Um, And I would write like, you know, so, you know, whatever emotion was going on or what didn't work out or lost a deal, whatever. Um, Hmm. And it's actually kind of interesting to see how you evolve as a woman through the different journaling techniques. And again, it doesn't need to be every day. And I have... Um, I did one when like we were on lockdown with COVID, like every couple of days, I'd like journal about how I was feeling about the world ending, um, Mm -hmm. and like just the chaos of, of existence. And, you know, I'll I'll think it'll be interesting to go back 10 years from now and be like, Oh, do you remember when? Right. Um, But it's more, I think of just maybe purging that stuff that's inside that you don't really have a place to maybe talk about or feel comfortable to talk about with others. So I have a question about the interviews. So I don't know about you, but Felice, you and I have had this discussion. When you write a bio or you write about yourself, it is the hardest freaking thing because (laughs) you don't want to seem like an asshole, Uh but you want to share your story and you're like, is it too much? Is it going to be read well? So when you're doing these interviews, are they going and interviewing? Are they doing it themselves and telling their story? Are you interviewing them? Like how is, what's the process?
2: Yeah, that's a really great question because a lot of this was trial and error for me too, because I started off just like talking to people And even though you can get more authentic um, like responses from them, it is very difficult like going back and editing and doing all of that. And it's really difficult to scale that and to reach out to more people to share more stories. So I started doing it just via email. And so what I'll do is I'll have them fill out a questionnaire and they can answer like some basic questions. What would they like to talk about? Um, How do they think their story might influence other people? And most people pretty much say, oh, like, you know, I don't really know. I don't think it'll influence other people. I I don't know what to talk about. And so sometimes you just go back and forth with them and just say, okay, well, when have you know, what things are you passionate about? Like you just kind of find like some things that they would like to talk about. And then through that in their writing, they usually kind of discover something. And most of the time they land on like a story, something that really moved them. And that's where you kind of like then the therapeutic like expression happens where they start realizing, oh, like, this is actually pretty cool. And it's nice to write about, even if they're not thinking like, oh, this is going to inspire so many people. It's just like, that actually felt really good. I didn't realize that was so impactful in my own life. And so literally they're just answering the questions uh, via email. I'm trying, that's why I'm redoing the website. I'm really trying to like make it more streamlined. So that way it's easier for people because it does take a while to get responses. Like I have a client of mine that we were, um, She was a coaching client of mine for like years. And, you know, we've worked together. She's been incredibly vulnerable with me. I've been vulnerable with her. And we recently did uh, an interview and it took her like maybe a month to get back to me. Because when you're presented with those questions and even myself, when you're presented with those questions, it's hard to talk about yourself. It's totally hard. Oh my
0: God. You don't know how to answer. So you just don't.
2: Yeah, exactly. So it's easy to just not do it. And that's where I'm trying to like figure out the way to like, push people past their comfort zone to say, you know, I know this isn't easy. But I promise you it's going to be beneficial, even if you don't feel it right away. Like all of their stories have helped me like in so many different ways or giving me an idea of like, oh, maybe I should start doing that. Like I remember one woman, Emma Godfrey, like I started drinking matcha every morning. So I was like, yeah, maybe that actually works. Like she it seems to work for her. And now, like, I love it. Like I'm hooked on it. <laughs> and oh, so just these like, little things where I'm like, OK, I don't have to follow an aesthetic. I don't have to be like this Instagram or influencer, but I can take you know, what kind of like grocery aisle, you know, cart sort of thing, take what works for you, you know, put things back if it doesn't and stuff like that. And so, yeah, it's just, it's, I'm trying to open the door for people to feel more comfortable, but it's, it's a hard thing. I haven't quite mastered it yet because even with myself, you know, it's really, really hard to face that, you know, reality, even when you're the only person looking at it.
1: Totally. But I think too, like this whole Instagram and we go back and we, we talk about this all the Mm. time, just, you know, What people put out there and what's real, real, I mean, are so like, even just your life, like it's Mm -hmm. not always peaches and strawberries. Like sometimes you step in a huge cow pie and you're like, what the F just happened, right? Like sometimes it's just, it's it's unrealistic to always be so Mm -hmm. perfect all the time. And I think that a lot of times makes people feel like they don't want to share because their life sucks or things aren't going the way they want. And I think they need to realize like everyone's life is not Instagram perfect.
2: Right.
0: I mean, well, I, and I think, think too, a lot right of people, there. a lot of, I think a lot of women in particular, Don't always think that they're, what they're doing or, you know, what they're experiencing in their life is, has anything extraordinary about it, you know, that they think like, what am I going to bring to the table? And there's so many of us doing so many great things and we don't even identify them as great. And you, you don't know who's watching. People are watching, people are seeing you and in a, in a good light and you all, you, We are influencing people. We don't even know we're touching. Right. And um, so I I do think there is a sometimes there's just a lack of awareness around that um, for ourselves. And and I think some of it has to do with the fact that we I, I don't know, I feel like it's harder for women to find that self value. Right. Um. And, and maybe it's because we are, you know, comparing everything. We're not even comparing, but we're inundated with perfection right. in magazines and on Instagram and Facebook and, and, you know, everything else out there. And it's not real. There's, there's nothing real about it.
2: Exactly. Like, that's such a good point. And like, just to bring up the magazines, cause I recently redid my vision board and I was looking through all these magazines and I don't remember which one, but they had like a mental health issue. And I decided to, you know, read it, even though I was a little biased. And it was, you know, it had some good content, but I couldn't help but think it's too relatable. Like these are, you know, celebrities, these are people in the spotlight that are trying to relate to us normal people. And it's like, that's why I like sharing, like, I call it everyday people's stories because we're not the ones that are going to broadcast like, oh, like I went through this and now I'm good. And so it's like, you know, I'm going to therapy and it's like, that's good it's not always good. Like it's taken me years to find a good therapist and I'm still struggling. And like, <laughs> it's, it, it's hard to open up when I first opened up about, and you know, I was sexually assaulted a few times. And there was one that really, really stuck with me because I went to school the very next day and it triggered me like two years later. And when I started to talk about it, it literally took me maybe 50 minutes of the 60 minutes that I had with her to actually start talking because I was crying so much because it just was so hard. That was the most difficult thing I had to go through like in such a long time and opening up like therapy. Yes. We need to start having more conversations about it, but it's not always that cut and dry. And I like people sharing like the reality of it, that normal people experience. Cause not everyone has the budget to, you know, keep finding different therapists and float around and stuff like that. And so that's really like, I 100% agree that it's, it's too, we find that it's too relatable. It's too structured, it's too curated. And it makes us feel like I don't wanna share my story because everybody else is watching. And it's like, no, you should share your story because everybody else is watching. And so- In a good
1: way. So I got a question. So I'm 40, Fleece is in her 50s, you're 25. So women in their 20s, you know, are they coming at this new approach to social and sharing and things? in a different way or, or, I mean, cause I know the way I look at it. I'm like, I mean, I'm online talking about what I'm doing. We're online talking, but we're not online doing it in the way that I see like a lot of these younger, the younger kids
2: doing. Right.
1: Because For me, I'm just like, that's not, you know, symbolic of where we're at or what we're trying to push. Right. So talk to us a little bit about the 20 year old crew and like how mm-hmm. you guys are approaching it. And like, how does it affect you and your peers?
2: That's such a great point. And honestly, I sometimes feel like I'm more out of touch with that because just full transparency. I've always like, maybe like since 15 or 14, I've always had older mentors and like I started working at Denny's and like, I will one day write a book about how Denny's changed my life because that's how I learned a lot of these things at a very early age my customers were all like in their fifties and sixties and they were regular. So I would see them every day, have conversations every day. And it made me less relatable to even people my own age. And that's part of the reason why I didn't have many friends in college, because I didn't care about a lot of the things that they you know, cared about. Not to say that it wasn't important. It's just, it was difficult for me to relate, to pull myself back. And so part of what I'm trying to do in my marketing approach now is to do more research to understand, because I'm not into the whole like promoting Instagram and like the aesthetics and different things in that way. However, I do see the value in it. Mm -hmm. And what I'm trying to do is help um, younger people at least leverage their platforms in order to be a little bit more real. And that doesn't mean changing it, but just like sprinkling in some things that actually aren't too relatable in a sense that makes people think, oh yeah, this is great, but great for you. And so honestly, most of the people that I've spoken with are in their like maybe late 20s to early 40s and so I haven't really narrowed down exactly how to reach a younger audience because I I am struggling like I even when I actually had an Instagram like I wasn't huge at like maybe 18,000 followers it got hacked and all that
1: no
2: I mean I wasn't huge nowadays honestly and I don't even know I feel like I was lucky because I didn't have a strategy. I literally posted on Instagram maybe once a week, maybe. Like, I just shared whatever I felt like. This was way before the algorithm was so specific. But I just talked about what I cared about and people were receptive to that. But even like the younger people, I noticed they would miss a lot of the messages. You know, like if I would go and have a meeting, like I have a lot of um, I work as an executive assistant. So I have a lot of clients that are pretty well off and I'll sometimes share some of my conversations with them. And oftentimes they wanted to learn more about like the luxury and like how they live their life and things like that and not the actual lessons that I'm sharing. And so it's really difficult sometimes to communicate those messages to the right people. And that's why I'm learning how to reframe my message. So that way I can reach them at the level where they're at and not trying to bring them up. it's a huge lesson for me right now I can't wait to
1: see 40 year old O'Shea (laughs) she is gonna have it just locked down
0: I am I love the life lessons that can come from Denny's like can we just can we just pause on that for a minute (laughs) like I feel like people do not um, necessarily look in the most basic of settings for life lessons and learning and growing and you found it in Denny's like most people find you know coffee and french fries at 2 a.m and (laughs) and you you found really life life lessons life takeaways I love that
1: that's like a whole nother episode I feel
0: yeah Yeah,
2: I could talk forever about the people like the characters I met actually on my desk I have um, a napkin it's the dirtiest thing but I'm so symbolic this one guy who's just a passerby and he wrote down um, something like don't let them you know take away your smile or don't let them get you down like just keep going something like that and I kept it because I remember it was one day I was just like so frustrated because I was going above and beyond and like why aren't people appreciating it and you know I was just so in my own head and in my own way about stuff, and the fact that a stranger stopped to actually try and give me a little pep talk, even in the form of a napkin, like it touched me you so. You should frame much. that. I it's in the frame. Yeah, you should it, frame is, that the wow. wall. Like it, it makes me so. And that's part. Like I said, like all of the things that happened in my life have built up to what I am working on now, and I know it'll expand as I get older too. But just moments like that made me appreciate the kindness from a stranger.
1: Dude, you're just something else and I appreciate you. I can speak to all of us women out there that get to read the stories of other women and get and to be in a position to share the stories of other women I think is probably the coolest part. Um, thank you for your time this today. I mean, you've just been a little bit of a breath of fresh air this morning. We will go ahead and pop your website in our show notes. Um, we, uh, can't wait to just share you with our world and hopefully get you some more women that, you know, can be on your publication as well. Uh, get out there this week, everybody and be inspired.